Welcome to Lex Chat. My name is Lexi. I am an Atlanta, Georgia-based singer, songwriter, vocal coach, and female recording audio engineer available for recording studio, artist development, and consultation. You can book me by phone by texting 404-692-1299 through email at lexisolo at gmail.com, L-E-X-C-S-O-L-O at gmail.com. Social media at LexiATL, L-E-X-C-A-T-L, and website at www.lexiatl.com. This show is dedicated to music and entertainment, where we talk about the industry and the business, and we help each other to become better artists and better creatives. You can watch these chats live on Instagram at LexiATL, that's L-E-X-C-A-T-L, on Instagram and YouTube every Wednesday night to be part of the live conversation. If you choose, or if you miss the live, sorry, you can hear the replay on Mondays at 8 a.m. on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anywhere where you consume your podcast, okay? If you're listening or watching on YouTube, please be sure to like the video, leave comments to continue the conversation, subscribe and hit the notification bell to be notified each and every time I post a new piece of content. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please give me a five out of five star rating and leave a review. All of these things really help me by telling the algorithms that you think this is a good piece of content and that they should push this in front of larger audiences. So I would greatly appreciate it if y'all would help me out by doing doing those things. If you'd like to go the extra mile to support me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine on patreon.com slash LexiATL. And for as little as $5 per month, you'll be supporting me and getting early access to content as well as being automatically entered into any giveaway that I do on my social media sites. So think about it. That's patreon.com slash L-E-X-C-A-T-L. And this week on Lex Chat, I felt inspired to talk about sales and marketing. I was listening to the Social Proof podcast with David Shands, Donnie Wiggins, and Brian Waldron, but he's known as Billionaire B. The episode is called Why Care About the Difference Between Sales and Marketing. I've been thinking a lot about how I can expand my business and attract more clients to myself. I want to make more money and get even more serious about studying my numbers, my business trends, and all of that. Something that I've been attracted to learning more about to the point where I really am about to become obsessive over it is sales and marketing. I kind of understand it, but I don't think I understand it enough because I'm not applying things to grow my business and my brand, which is Lexi. So in today's episode, I want to talk about some of the points that were brought up in the Social Proof podcast relating to sales and marketing and how we as creatives can use these ideas and tools to our advantage. If this sounds like a chat you'd be interested in hearing, stay tuned. Tonight's background music is my first gospel song produced by Maurice Beats, and it is called Smoke and Mirrors. It's available on all streaming platforms. Before we kick off the show, 
Let's give a shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to Mr. Flat Shoals, who is a patron of mine. Thank you so much for supporting me in a way that I can feel. If you would like to become a patron, get early access to content and be automatically entered into giveaways, then consider becoming a patron of mine for as little as $5 per month. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash Lexi ATL. That's patreon.com slash L-E-X-C-A-T-L. What's up, Ray Ray? How you doing? Next up is Glory Apparel. Glory stands for God's Love Over Rebellious Youth. You can shop the brand at godsloveoverrebelliousyouth.store. Their mission is to show people how loved they are by God. Check out the first collection, Loved Ones, which I am a featured model for. A percentage of all sales from this collection will be donated to helping people get help. We want to see our people be healthy emotionally and mentally. So every month we will be paying for as many people as we can to go to therapy. Through your purchases, you will help people all over the world find safe spaces to process their life experiences in a healthy way that will ultimately lead to a healthy life. If you resonate with that message and you like what you see, you can shop the look at godsloveoverrebelliousyouth.store or visit their Instagram page at gloryapparel1 and click on the link in their bio to shop. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Lex Chat and advertise your services or products, you can contact me through Instagram at LexiATL. That's Instagram at L-E-X-C-A-T-L. Send me an email at LexiSolo at gmail.com or send me a text to 404-692-1299. Thank you to all of my sponsors. Let's get into these announcements, okay? And I think... I should probably turn on the camera by now. Yeah. So let's get into these announcements. First off, Lexi merchandise. I got the wristbands. I got the lighters. I got the sun visors, all of which are not in my immediate reach right now. But you know what? We got the wristbands right here at the computer with me. This says hashtag winner, hashtag keeper. A little affirmation every time you look down. Remind yourself, I'm a winner. I'm a keeper. We also have the burn lighters with built-in bottle opener. So if you smoking, if you drinking, Lexi got you covered. I got the hashtag winter sun visors. The sun has been shining really bright lately, despite the cold weather. Some days it's actually really hot out here in Atlanta, but uh, yeah, summer and spring is right around the corner. You're going to need that sun visor to block the shine out of your eyes because you're shining bright enough <laughs> you know but it's the hashtag winter sun visor i also have lexi posters which if you're watching on youtube i'm pointing to the artistic ones right here and let's swivel that around a little bit we got the sexy lexi posters right there all of this merchandise is available on my website at lexiatl.com that's l-e-x-c-a-t-l.com all right if you are listening to this live, then this show went amazing. It was great. It was a wonderful first experience for me. Um, well, I'm sorry. If you're listening to the replay, then what I'm about to tell you, it was a great experience. It was a great experience for me. But if you are listening live, then y'all, this upcoming Sunday, February 19th, is the Pan Yarders Mass Band launch in Atlanta. It's the number one carnival costume designer and producer. And on February 19th, this coming Sunday, if you're listening to the replay, that was yesterday. We presented the designs for 2023. I'm one of the models presenting a costume and this was my first time doing a fashion show of this magnitude. Dancing in full costume, feather and headdress with all the beautiful rhinestones and we're in heels and we're dancing to soca music and it's just 
really quite an experience. Okay. <laughs> um, this was held. If you are listening, this is going to be at Caribbean Kaloa. If you're listening, let me calm my tail down. This will be held at Caribbean Connection Cultural Center at 2620 Park Central Boulevard, Decatur, Georgia. Tickets available for purchase at vipsocio.com slash events slash panyarders mass. If you don't remember all of that, just go to my website, lexiatl.com. And on the homepage, you will see all of the events that I have lined up. Okay. The tickets I know are ranging anywhere from $15 to $30, depending on when you buy it. So make sure you try to get them as early as possible. So you don't have to pay too much extra. Okay. See y'all there. And again, if you're listening to the replay of this episode, it was great so yeah next up we have the 90s sitcom prom presented by the black market network okay this is the first annual 90s sitcom prom being held on saturday february 25th this is an all-day event taking place at atlanta utility works in east point georgia that's atlanta utility works at 2903 rn martin street east point georgia Myself, along with many other artists, will be performing live at 8 p.m., so please make sure you come check it out in your best 90s outfit. The pop-up market is free, but to show me extra love and the others, the other artists performing extra love and support for this show, to help put a little money into our pocket, when you go to Eventbrite to buy the tickets, make sure that you select the link that has the specific artist name next to it. So mine is going to say GA live party and show and Lexi is in parentheses. Okay. Tickets are $15 and I get 100% of my ticket sales. So again, if you're buying and you're using that link in that way, then you are directly helping to put some money in my pocket, which is greatly appreciated. And that means I can do more things like give back by doing these cash giveaways and these prize giveaways. So anyway, come out for some nineties nostalgia and come and party and drink like it's 1999. Hope to see y'all there. Next up, black only soul awards. I was nominated for best engineer of the year as well as Lex the Engineer, Low Key, Juice God, Flyboy Breeze, Nelson Cruz, OG Frat Bonna, He the Artist, the Artist, the Artist, and YZDB. I swear, ever since I got these retainers out, my, well, ever since I got my teeth straightened, I have like a speech impediment these days. I gotta work extra hard to make sure my mouth moves a certain way. But thank you so much to Black Only Soul Awards and everyone who put me in position to be nominated. I don't know how I was put in to be considered, but I am really honored to be in the conversation and in Atlanta. The award show will be held on March 4th, 2023. That's a Saturday in Atlanta, Georgia at VS1 ATL Studio at 535 Millam Avenue Southwest. Go to B-O-B-O soulawards.com to purchase tickets. The tickets are ranging anywhere from $65 to $75. To help me win, I have to get the most votes. So to vote for me, you just have to go to B-O-SoulAwards.com. You're gonna see the word vote nice and big in the middle of the screen. Scroll down a little bit and you'll see boxes where you can enter in who you are voting for. You put Lexi under what category the category is best engineer fill in your email answer whether or not you're following nti tv network and be old soul awards on instagram hit submit and there you go this is my first time being nominated for anything i'm really excited so let's get it in with these votes you can vote as many times a day as you want to so let's get it in y'all next up next sound studio live and here's that quick little commercial by them Let's do this! Oh, 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 oh. Hey, oh, 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 oh. 
to the Bronx in New York to perform for a show, Next Sound Studio Live, and I am kicking off season five as the premiere episode. The premiere is going to air on Thursday, March 23rd on YouTube. The pre-show is going to start at 8.30 and my episode actually airs right after at 9 p.m. So join me on Thursday, March 23rd for the premiere. I will be watching it along with y'all and I'll be in the live chat it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited because it looks so legit. Of course, I saw the episode and I did the interview portion and we get down and we talk about the lyrics of the songs. I'm performing Bed Dream, Love Chaser, Rock Bottom, and Motorboat. So if y'all have never had the opportunity to see me perform those things live, like in your face, then this is probably the closest you're gonna be able to get, you know, other than my YouTube videos, which I have not been posting my most recent performances but you know what we're gonna do better i promise we will be all right next up i had to make sure this was playing in the background but smoke and mirrors i released that song on january 25th of this year 2023 it's my first gospel song it was produced by maurice beats so shout out to maurice beats it's available on all streaming platforms it was introduced at the top of this episode and is playing in the background right now if you are listening to the replay okay Make sure you check it out on your favorite streaming platform and let me know what you think. Make reels, do TikToks, sing-alongs, remix videos, whatever. I just hope it inspires you and I hope it helps you, okay? And to celebrate the release of Smoke and Mirrors, I'm giving away $100. I've been giving away $100 worth of gift cards and cash prizes to five winners, all right? So five winners each are getting $20 or I send you cash through like a payment app like Cash App or Venmo or Zelle or something. Four winners have already been selected. Detroit Dope, Chow MC, Lit underscore Train 25, and official Mr. Flat Show 74. Two of them opted to get a direct payment to their Cash App and the other two opted to get physical gift cards mailed out, right? So today is the final drawing for this giveaway. If you followed all the rules to be entered and you did what I asked to get the extra entries, then you had the opportunity to win $20 all the way up to the full $100 if your luck was just that good and if you made the right amount of submissions, all right? If you're a patron of mine, your name was automatically entered into this giveaway five times or as much as your tier level. So if you pay $5 a month, then your name was entered five times. If you pay $10 a month, 10 times, so on and so forth, all right? So may the odds be ever in your favor. Let's see who's going to win the final drawing. And I'm, I can't look. And FYI, y'all, Katniss um, was playing with some of these. So like I had to like refold them and put them back in. So let's see, one has fallen out. Let's see who it is, y'all. Please let it be somebody that I love it. Ah! It's Ray Ray. 
Ray Ray C. Glass. Wait a minute, is that her name on here? Yes, it is her name. Ray Ray, you got the last one. Yes, all right. The fifth winner is Ray Ray C. Glass. Congratulations. You are the fifth and final winner of the giveaway. You can choose either a $20 gift card or I can send you $20 directly through a cash payment app like Cash App or Apple Pay or something like that. Um, I'm gonna send you a message after Lex Chat is finished. So please make sure, a DM. So please make sure that you respond within 24 hours. If you don't, then I will draw another name and that person will get your prize, okay? Thank you to everyone who participated in the giveaway. I'm so happy to be able to give something back to y'all because you're the ones tuning into Lex Chat and to my Instagram page. I just wanted to have a way to say thank you for your support and I wanna keep supporting those who support me. So this Smoke and Mirrors giveaway was a way that I'm able to do that, but I do wanna continue doing giveaways throughout the year. Just let me know what kinds of things you need and I will create a giveaway around it, okay? So that could be, hey Lexi, I need a photo shoot, but I don't have the money. Hey Lexi, I need a video, but I don't know any dope videographers. Hey Lexi, getting free money really helps free up some space for me to be able to do X, Y, and Z with the other money that I don't have to spend. So whatever it is, I wanna give back and part of me like tithing, and I say that in quotes for those of y'all listening, part of me tithing, I don't go to physical church anymore, but I do wanna keep that spirit of tithing alive. So 10% of my income is going towards these giveaways. And you know, if it can be like, like I said, photo shoots, video shoots, it might be free studio time, it might be makeovers, stuff like that, or just cash prizes. I just wanna give back and help invest into the people who are investing your time, your attention, and your money into me. So especially like with um, the Patreon, right? So one of my patrons did win this giveaway. He won the $20. You only pay $5 a month as a patron. So that $5 could have paid for five, 10, 15, 20, that's four months of Patreon or one month if he, you know, spent the five on Patreon and the other 15 doing whatever, whatever. But all of that to say, like you pour into me, I wanna pour into y'all. So congratulations to all the winners of the Smoke and Mirrors giveaway. Detroit Dope, Chow MC, Lit underscore Train 25, official Mr. Flat Show 74, and our final winner, Ray Ray C. Glass. Y'all be on the lookout for more giveaways and stay tuned with Lex Chat and Lexi ATL on Instagram, all right? So next up, we have the hot take. And for this, I need to change the music up. I gotta change the music on this. So here we go. Boom, there it is. I changed the music on here. Alrighty, so what is the hot take for today? Today's hot take, and I, I really wasn't trying to go there. I really was not trying to go there. But you know, I asked y'all on Instagram, what should the hot take be today? And guess what y'all said? Well, guess what somebody said? Y'all want me to comment, give my thoughts on the halftime performance that Rihanna did at the Super Bowl. And um, I'm gonna just let y'all know right now, some of y'all are probably not gonna like me. Or maybe some of y'all will agree. I don't know. Part of doing this podcast and giving opinions is like being outspoken and like, you know, not being afraid to share opinions, right? So that's what I'm gonna do. Today's hot take, how do I feel about Rihanna's, Rihanna's uh, halftime performance? Got my five minute timer, let's go. Uh, didn't love it, did not love the performance. 
that's it that's the hot take let's get into the lex chat now i'm playing so <laughs> i didn't love the performance um not trying to be a hater but i'm in the boat of people who said that it was boring um why was it boring for me it wasn't completely a boring performance okay but the anticipation Rihanna has been gone, like no new music dropped in, I think the number was seven years, right? And so no music dropping in seven years, not really any, um, not really any features, I don't think. She's just really folk, been focused heavily on Fenty and the Savage X Fenty stuff, the makeup and the lingerie lines that you know, are her businesses. And those are the things that pushed her into the billionaire status. Let's be real. So I understand her seven year hiatus. And honestly, I feel like, I wonder if Rihanna feels the way I feel about the industry to a degree. This music industry is a lot of BS and tired of dealing with it and tired of dealing with the politics. But when you're dealing with lingerie, you're dealing with makeup, you just have to have a good product, right? And there's probably some politics involved in that too, but you just have to have a good product and market to the people directly. And I, I bet there's less BS tied into it. Or if there is BS tied into it, it probably deals with money, which she has plenty of, I don't know. But if I was Rihanna, I get it why she stayed away for seven years. The industry is a beast. However, we've agreed to do the Super Bowl halftime show, okay? I think the final numbers, the projection was 192 million viewers that would be tuning in to the Super Bowl. I saw a number that was like 118.5 or something like that. I don't know if I'm correct. That's just what I've been seeing around Twitter. I could be wrong. But um, over 100 million people tuned in to the halftime. And to be honest, I was one of those people who... I literally only tuned into the Super Bowl to watch Rihanna. The first half was the opening act and then Rihanna was the main show, the main event. But I was, I'm not the type of person that fans out over celebrities anyway. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but I decided to join in with the rest of the culture and everybody else was like excited and um, in anticipation of Rihanna performing at the Super Bowl. I played into that as well and I thought, you know what? It'll be good to see her after all this time because I do admire Rihanna. But the performance, I didn't love it. I was, the common word that describes it, right, is underwhelmed. That's the word I saw a lot on Twitter. And of course, everybody, there's some people that's in there like, well, I would like to see you get up on stage and do what she did while you're pregnant. You don't even have any talent. They're not talking to me. This is just what people are saying on Twitter, right? And, uh, shut up. I hate those people who talk like that. Like, yes, that's true. She is doing what millions of other people do not get to do, but this is also her job to create a, an entertaining show. And, um, I don't know. I just, I never want to call anybody's pregnancy bad timing, but being pregnant and performing on a major platform like that, because you're not able to give an amazing show like you can't do too much when you're pregnant right so once it was kind of like made clear that oh she looks pregnant now I can give you some grace for why you're not able to maybe move as much you know but I will give props to Rihanna because 
I've watched her live performances over the years and the vocals were not always the greatest, but I have to say that this is probably the best vocal performance I have ever heard from her. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is the best vocal performance I've ever heard from Rihanna. So I'm very happy about that. But all in all, I'm really just happy that, you know, she looks great. It seems like she'd be really happy because she's starting her family and I'm happy for her on that, her and ASAP. Um, whew, I was about to throw some shade about it being ASAP, but that's not my place. <laughs> that's not my place. She looks healthy, you know, she looks good. So I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, but as far as the performance, for me, this is my opinion. Y'all can hate me if you want to. I did not enjoy it. I, I was like, wow, we had so much buildup and anticipation for this. The visuals were amazing. The floating platforms were amazing. The dancers did a hell of a job, like really. And shout out to Tondalea, who I know her, you know, we're not like friends, friends, but we worked on some things together a couple years ago. She was one of the dancers, which I just found out like a couple days ago. So that's really dope. Congratulations for her getting that opportunity. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed. Love you, Riri. Um, I will say, I don't know if y'all are really getting any more music from Rihanna. She's got enough money, probably if she hasn't already. She may have bought back her catalog. I think she bought the rights to her masters already. So she doesn't have to do anything else with music if she doesn't want to, I think, in my opinion. Just based off the viewership alone of the Super Bowl and how much she'll be talked about and then people from there are going to be looking up and researching her music videos, her streaming, her merchandise. And then this is good preparation, right? So even if she doesn't do music, and we're gonna get into this in the main topic of Lex Chat as well, right? Even if she doesn't do music, she has built the foundation and she has so many things that she can point these viewers to. She's garnered the attention, but she also had a product to point people to. She had a direction to point people to. So people are either gonna look at, their mu at her music on streaming platforms, or they're gonna look at her videos on streaming platforms, YouTube, um, they're going to re they're going to find out that she has a makeup line. If they've never heard of her before, she has, um, what is that? Fenty, Fenty beauty. They're going to find out that she has Savage X Fenty, which is her lingerie line. So she's going to see a spike in, even if it's just traffic, she might see, she'll definitely see a spike in sales, but she'll for sure see a spike in the traffic coming to view her music, her lingerie, her makeup line. And, um, I don't know, she was um, the teaser for us, right? Was when she came back with that Lift Me Up song from the for the movie Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2. So um, him the fella says, so what would you have expected? From Rihanna, I did not expect her to be pregnant for one. Um, and from the previous performances that I've seen her do, it's not like she goes over the top with the dancing, but I've seen more energetic performances from her. I definitely was not expecting her to be pregnant. That threw me for a loop. Um, but you know, once you see that she's pregnant, it's like, all right, this explains why the energy is not as big as we would like it to be. And then considering like the lead up, like the teaser commercial for her headlining or you know, being the main act in the halftime show, it was very epic and very like, you know, who would have thought this girl from Barbados would have made it this far. 
So, you know, you got that kind of, you got that kind of, um, advertising going and people are expecting, and you, you know, this is Rihanna. She's super sexual. She's bad gallery, you know, I was not expecting her to be pregnant. And I think the pregnancy slowed her down in the performance, you know, official Mr. Flatshow 74 says I had more viewers than the actual game. So people were expecting an entertainer perform an entertaining performance. Exactly. I didn't realize that she had more viewers than the action, than the actual football game itself. And like I said, I tuned in two minutes before the halftime. Only reason I watched any of the Super Bowl is because Rihanna was performing. So her name has power and the Super Bowl itself was a marketing decision from Rihanna. Whatever people she had not reached before, and we're gonna get into this for the Lex chat, but her doing the Super Bowl in the first place was a great marketing decision because like we said, she has the product to point that attention to different directions. The music, the, the makeup, the lingerie. So yeah, I did not like the performance. <sighs> it was boring to me, but you know, I'll have grace for her as a woman. I don't know what it's like to be pregnant because I haven't had kids yet but I'll give her grace because she was obviously pregnant. She looked great, the dancers were amazing. The architecture, the engineering of the performance was great. So, you know, she's healthy and she came back in a major way, but it kind of felt like an F you, not gonna lie. The lack of energy kind of felt like an F you from her to the industry. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this little performance, get my little attention, get my little check and then we out. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Him, the fella says, well, what did you think about the sign language person? I saw a clip of the sign language person. Um, I didn't watch the sign language lady the entire time, but the clip I saw and the comments that were put underneath that, we can all agree that the sign language lady was a lot more lit than Rihanna and she had more choreography than Rihanna or just as much. I don't know. She was way more lit. But anyway, that's my hot take on the matter. Oh, y'all grill me if you want to in the comment section for those of y'all listening to the playback. But let's get into the topic for today, which is sales and marketing. And you know what? That Rihanna being at the Super Bowl halftime, that's a great lead into this topic because that's what we're talking about today. So make sure you stay tuned. We're going to get into sales and marketing for Lex Chat after these messages. This week on Lex Chat, I want to talk about sales and marketing. Why? I was listening to this show called The Social Proof Podcast, and this particular episode came out a couple weeks ago. It's called Why Care About the Difference Between Sales and Marketing with David Shands, Donnie Wiggins, and Brian Waldron, who goes by the name Billionaire B. What hit me the most is when Donnie said this. My ability to sell allows me the ability to attract investors, mm -hmm. customers, marketers, employees, and people who can help this thing get bigger. I'm selling I feel all day. Okay. So 
She said, my ability to sell allows me the ability to attract investors, customers, marketers, employees, and people who can help this thing get bigger. This piece really hit, really hit me because I feel like I don't really have a team and I, I just hate the fact that I keep saying it even, right? But I have certain people I can go to to help me with certain things. But as far as me saying I have people who are just as passionate about my success as I am, I don't quite believe it for myself, even if I do have those certain people in position, right? But um, I don't want to offend anybody. That's just a whole different deep dive for another day, kind of rooted in insecurity for me, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it one of these days, but we're not talking about it today. Today, we're talking about sales and marketing. So I've had a lot of people over the years look at who I am and what I do. And they ask me, Lexi, you haven't gotten any investors yet? Nobody signed you yet? And no, I haven't gotten an investor. No, I haven't been signed to a label situation. I've had plenty of offers, but not from situations that I felt were gonna be very good for me. And I'm the type of person that's extremely skeptical and super protective over my freedom. I don't wanna play about who I'm signing with just to be signing, just to be, you know, like, some people think that it means something when you get signed, not necessarily. You have to be very careful what you're signing and who you're signing with, what you're signing for. And some offers I've had came only after insinuating that I would have to do something extra to secure that offer, you know? So that conversation is also for another day, but because I haven't had those things, an investor or signing to a label, I started asking myself, Am I a good salesperson? I've never closed the deal on investors and I keep feeling like I'm not closing the deal on supporters or sometimes clients. Am I a good salesperson? I think I'm okay to a degree, but I've really been feeling like I'm not the best salesperson I can be because for a long time, I haven't wanted to own the title of saleswoman. Last week in my confessions and unpopular opinions episode, I told y'all it was stupid to be in the music industry and only call yourself one thing. Remember, I'm just a producer. I'm just a singer. I'm just a mixing engineer. You are pigeonholing yourself when you do that. And if you don't know what pigeonholing is, it is by definition assigning to a particular category or class, especially in a manner that is too rigid or too exclusive. Another definition for pigeonholing is to unfairly think of or describe someone or something as belonging to a particular group, having only a particular skill. I don't want to unfairly assign myself and put quotes around unfairly. I don't want to unfairly assign myself and end up holding myself back. This is what people mean when they say not to get in your own way. You have to be whatever you need to be in order to gain success. And for me, as well as all of you listening out there, this includes sales. So I wanna go on a journey and I'm thinking about even doing a series and making this the first episode of that series where we focus on learning more about sales and marketing. Is that something that y'all would be interested in following for the next four episodes or so. And um, I want to use the main points of the social proof podcast to get started, starting with this episode that I was listening to while I was working out last week. Again, the name of the episodes is why care about the difference between sales and marketing. 
And to give an overview of the main points mentioned in the episode, it is the power of a personal brand, the ability to listen, being your own first customer. You have to be your own customer to know how to sell, knowing your product and your competitor's product. So this falls under market research and they talk about mystery shopping. Next up is identifying your onlys, planning your objections, plan for the objections, and then consistency is the final bit. Now, I did write out a bit of script and some points for most of these things. Um, Some of them I'm gonna have to wing it though. So let's start with the first one. The first one is the power of a personal brand. The biggest commodity nowadays is being a personal brand. When you're a personal brand, for example, Kylie Jenner became a billionaire at 21 years old, right? She doesn't know it needs to know how to sell, but because her awareness is so large, so many millions and billions of people know who Kylie Jenner is. She can drop a toothpick today, mm-hmm. be like, this is the Kylie Jenner toothpick. People will eat it up. She mm-hmm. doesn't need to know any sales. She doesn't need to do anything, but her personal brand is the marketing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to sell at all. Yeah. It's the same thing with Conor McGregor and his tequila, The Rock and his uh, and his vodka. Like they don't have to do any sales. Their marketing is done by the personal brand. Hence, marketing is the backbone mm-hmm. and marketing creates all. What I take away from this clip is the part of your marketing is your personal development. We work in a creative industry. And something that I need to work on for myself is my personal presentation when it comes to how I look and how I dress in public at any given moment, right? I think I do a good job of putting myself together. I do do a good job. I do a good job of putting myself together for shows and networking events. But if my presence is not tied to an event, I'm usually dressed down and don't really care how I look to anybody. This isn't to say that I look dirty or messy or anything. That's not what I'm saying. No, but what I am saying is I don't go the extra mile to impress people. Now, this is only a problem if I want my brand to be appearance conscious at all times. However, I don't mind my brand showing that I like to dress down, but can clean up real nice when the time comes. I think it adds an element of mystery, anticipation, and surprise for when I do pop out at these events. But as for you, you listening, you have to decide what you want to show if your brand depends on you as a personality and what that personality looks like when you are out and about. Something else that's working for my personal brand is me coming on Instagram and YouTube live every week for these Lex chats. Showing my personality through these weekly episodes is helping to sell me because if you like my personality, you'll be more likely to want to be around me. You'll be under the impression that I'm a lot of fun to be around. And that would mean you'll have fun during your sessions. This is something I think I need to be careful with though, because while I do want to be seen as a cool person to hang out with and be around, I don't want people thinking they won't also get a professional and critical person in the studio when it comes time to work. I told y'all I experienced this a few weeks ago where somebody found me on Instagram expecting the Lex chat Lexi, not realizing that my workflow when I'm in the studio is completely different from when I'm on Lex chat, right? That might be on me though, because maybe I should make Lex chat Lexi and studio vocal coach engineer Lexi the same person. 
I don't know, but y'all let me know what y'all think about that. Should I, because this is something that I'm actively deciding, right? Should I make Lex Chat Lexi and Studio Lexi the same person? I want to, but also not everybody's gonna get Lex Chat Lexi because I'm feeding off of the energy of whoever is in the session with me. So that's something that I have to work on. Um, so the way you present yourself is what people will associate with you on a personal level, but also how they expect to interact with your business, with you in the business. We may not like it, but at any given moment, we are a direct representation of our business. Side note, this is also why if I don't like somebody personally, I'm not going to do business with them professionally. The same characteristics you show me on a personal level will determine how you'll be on a business level. And this might sound strange to some people. A lot of people have disagreed with me on this point, but association is really important. You've heard the saying, birds of a feather flock together. If you are a man who doesn't cheat on your woman, but your group of friends has every other guy who does cheat on their women, why should I believe that you aren't also a cheater? You're guilty by association. If you're a woman and you hang out with a group of women who like to party and drink every other night, but you swear you're not a party girl, why should someone not believe that you're not a party a party girl? You know, the people that you surround yourself with, they are party girls. So I would have a hard time believing that you're not one too. Apply those same things to business, right? If you show people you'll cheat on your partner, what makes me think that you won't cheat me out of a deal? What makes me think that you'll give our business the right attention? If you're a, if I see you as a party girl, what makes me think that you're going to give our business the right attention when I see you spend so much time not being about the business? I see you spend so much time partying and drinking and doing all these other things, right? So all of that being said, your personal brand, in my opinion, should also be your business brand. And the two being the same, in my opinion, makes it easier and more fun to do business because you're just being yourself. And you'll find people who like the way you do business, meaning that if they like the way you do business, they also like you. And that's a great feeling to be able to do business this way because you won't ever feel like you're, you're working. It'll just be natural. Hymnafella says, that's why I have not signed anything because I am a producer, singer, songwriter, rapper, and so on. Yeah, so it'll be really difficult. I think you and I have the same issue, right? It'll be really difficult for, sorry. It'll be really difficult for a label or publisher to places we'll just work off the label because you and i were both recording artists right it'll be really difficult for a label to sign us to a certain deal because and then they'll probably have issues with offering us a certain kind of budget since we do so much by ourselves they wouldn't want to pay us the individual price tag for each role of the team right they wouldn't need to hire producers because we are the producer. They wouldn't need to hire engineer because we are the engineer. They wouldn't need to hire a songwriter because we are the writers, you know? So I guess it just gets really tricky when it comes to a label standpoint. And I've been told that I should, I should slow down. But when I think about, you know, being a personal brand and developing myself as a personal brand as Lexi, I'm not separating the two. So like Beyonce had Sasha Fierce and then Beyonce, right? And it was like a way that she could detach herself and certain things that she wanted to do and blame it all on this alter ego that she had created. For me, 
I don't want to feel like I have to create an alter ego. I just want, because we as people, we are complex people, right? Why should I have to compartmentalize myself if we all understand that people are complex and we have a lot of sides to ourselves, why do we need to ignore different sides of ourselves? You know what I'm saying? I want Lexi to be associated with who I am as a person, as well as what I can do in any professional setting, in any musical setting. I'm not just a singer, I'm a songwriter. I'm not just a songwriter, I'm an engineer. I'm not just an engineer and I'm not just a singer, I'm also a rapper. I don't just work in R&B, I also work in country. I've done pop, I've done hip hop, I've done all the different genres. You know, I've done gospel now even. So I'm not limiting myself because these are, these other pieces are also true of who I am. The challenge comes in figuring out how do we make everything that we naturally like work and present it in a personal brand that's going to um, cause people to be like attracted to us and want to work with us. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good way to put it. How, how are people going to be attracted to us? How can we use our personal attributes to our advantage to get people to want to work with us and like the experience of working with us? So I want to go ahead and play the next clip. This has to do with the ability to listen. I think the one, the number one most important skill set or characteristic that you have to have in order to be dynamic in sales is your ability to listen. Mm. Um, so many people blow the deal by talking too much. They just they want to talk, 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 talk. You're talking over your prospect. You're not listening for what they're telling you they actually need. And in a successful, in a simple and successful transaction, the idea is to let people talk enough to where they tell you exactly how to close them. Mm. Yeah, I'm really struggling, you know, with my my relationship isn't working out too well. We're on the verge of divorce and blah, blah, blah. They're going to tell you. But if you're like, yeah, so we have um, family counseling where we can really get in there with your children and get the whole family involved. You can bring your in-law. Ma'am, slow down. My issue is just my relationship with my husband, not the family. So now you're taking me in a direction by talking too much that I wasn't even thinking about. And you've introduced a level of confusion for me because should I be thinking about my whole family? Should we have the in-laws come in on this counseling? But if you had listened, you'd know that it was just me and my spouse that I have an issue with. And you could have closed me in five minutes. Now we got to do three follow-up calls because you talk too much. Learn how to listen. Wow. I love this, especially because as an audio engineer, my entire job is literally to just listen to people and figure out how I can give them what they want. In terms of marketing and sales, we're trying to find people and get people to buy into our idea and our product and or service. You either listen to people and decide a common problem they need solved or you filter people and figure out who needs what you are offering. As an audio engineer, the main problem I'm solving is for people who want to record a song, but they don't know how. I am the tool that will help them fix that problem. It gets more complicated when we get into whether or not they need vocal production, help with writing, help with paying for everything they need for a quality song or paying for more studio time in general. A lot of factors play a role in that, but the basic issue I am solving the basic problem I'm solving is recording people who want to hear their voices over a song, but they don't know how to do it themselves. That is my role. That is where I fit in. 
what we have to be careful of, like Donnie was saying in the clip, is not being so desperate for the sale that we overdo it. Don't be so desperate for the sale that you start mentioning things beyond what the client is asking for at that moment. And sometimes it's not even about being desperate for a sale. Sometimes it's overthinking about what the client is asking for. And I've seen this happen where a client literally just came in to record and the client asks the engineer what they think of the song. The engineer starts asking questions instead of just answering what the client asks them. The engineer starts asking, well, what are you trying to do with this song? I could tell you what I think about it, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what audience you're trying to get to listen to it. You still got to get it mixed and mastered. And this is how much I charge for those things. So yeah, it wasn't just about the recording. You also got to pay for this thing, mixing and mastering that you don't yet understand what it is, right? Then you got to think about getting cover art and getting signed up with ASCAP and BMI and get money for marketing. How do you expect to make it when you don't even know what distribution is? You can't just release it on SoundCloud and blow that way. Blah, 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 blah. Engineer keeps going on and on, right? And that client never came back to work with that engineer again. Why? Because at the basic level, that engineer did not listen to that client. In that moment, the client was not worried about anything beyond what that particular engineer thought about the song in that moment. The client just wanted to know, yo, as my engineer, what do you think about this song that we just did, this song that we just recorded together? And the engineer lost that client because they went completely left field and made the client feel dumb in the process by pointing out everything that the client didn't have instead of celebrating the fact that, oh my God, we just recorded this dope song together, right? Even if it wasn't really dope, because we know the game a little bit, right? Even if it wasn't dope, just celebrate the fact that somebody came in here to spend money with you. You love doing music or you say you love doing music and maybe this wasn't how you envisioned doing it, but somebody wants to pay you when it in regards to music, like in connection to music. And that is a win. But anyway, how that situation should have been handled is by listening to the client's question and answering honestly. What do you think about the song we just did? And the engineer should come back and say, well, I think it's a cool vibe. I like the energy you're bringing, but I feel like you could have taken more time with some of the lines. I get that we don't have much time because you only booked a couple hours today, but in the future, it's gonna be important to make sure all your lines are getting said clearly. You got the energy, now let's work on making sure people can understand everything you're saying in the song so they can sing along with you and connect with you when you start performing. And that is an honest answer, okay? That is an honest answer and it's giving the client what they asked for. And that sets up a goal for the next time y'all record without discouraging the client. You gave the client the praise, but also gave them something to look forward to and something to work on for the next time, which will hopefully make them more likely to come and work with you. With this, they are more likely to come back and they're gonna trust you that now you're not just letting them record any kind of BS, right? Now, not all clients are going to want your opinion and this can get tricky, but if someone is asking you a question, just answer it, right? So David's World 1898 says, plus we want great critiques from another music person. Exactly. Alan 302302, is that Delaware? You're low key using counseling attributes to gain buy-in 
or connection to form relations through active listening skills. Exactly. Exactly. And just like the, um, the example that Donnie gave in that clip was a counselor, right? Me and my husband are having issues, but then the counselor goes off and says, oh, well, you know, I really offer family counseling and I can help you with this, this, and this. So, but instead of listening to the client and they said, well, I just need you to help between me and my husband. Now you're blowing it way out of proportion and more than what the client is even worried about. And so, you know, when it comes to the music situation, right? The artists, just like David's World 1898 said, they just want critiques from another music person. Let's like, we're not even worried about the bigger picture right now necessarily, because for a lot of people, it's a great win that we even made it to the studio in the first place. David's World 1898 says, another thing that irksome is when you ask the engineer how it sounds, they answer with, I hear a lot of music. How do you feel? Like that's not helpful to make us artists better. Mm, mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I had to, I think for myself, I had to realize that, and how do I say this? So there's a lot of different layers that play for me because I'm a female engineer, but um, I have to be kind of careful because guys don't always want to take advice from a female engineer. Um, but I've had sessions where I'm kind of just playing my role and pressing buttons, but the client was expecting me to do more, but they didn't communicate that they wanted me to do more. And so I was just playing my role, pushing buttons, but clients like artists who come into work, they really want to know, like, how am I doing? Even the ones who are just doing this for fun. Right. And when you kind of, and this is also because I had people telling me like, you know, if they're not paying you a certain extra dollar amount for your expert advice, then you shouldn't care about helping them. You're just an engineer. You're just there to push buttons, which is yeah, yes. Technically my job is to push buttons and just make sure you have a good sound quality. But there are a lot of people in the city that do, that do engineering, right? What is going to set me apart from the other engineers Aside from the fact that I'm one of the few female engineers, right? Anybody, it's like having a template, right? I don't care about giving my recording template out to people because you may be able to have the sound, but you're not going to have the same experience that you would have if you came to record with Lexi personally. So yeah, um, Davis world, 1898. Why not? Women are super honest about everything. You want to hear it clear and clean cut from someone. And I agree. I agree. So it's very important to listen to listen to your clients and what they are asking for. And it takes less time to close the deal when you have that solution to offer them and you are being upfront and clear cut, just like Davis World 1898 said. And it makes the sale because, you know, the sale is what we're after, but it makes that part so much easier because you're not beating around the bush and it's not, you're not being shady and you're not being dismissive because you are actively listening to what that person wants. So now I want to get into this next piece, which is be your own customer, be your first customer. I think you should absolutely be your first customer mm. because a lot of people don't understand the psychology of who they're even trying to sell to. Yes. So it's like, if I'm trying to sell somebody on this house, right? Like 
what does this area look like? What is this? What is the average income? If I make X amount of money, would I be able to afford this house? What kind of schools would I be looking at? What kind of playgrounds? What kind of resources, community activities? And I feel like a lot of people don't take the time when they are selling to even understand what this person really needs. Like, for example, right? Like I used to have to book an event space, right? So when people are coming in and they're just like, oh, you know, I need, I don't know what I look like. Well, I've already done the research for you. I know what people you're going to need. I know what amenities you're going to need. I'm going to know how many tables and chairs you're going to need. I'm going to know what food you're going to need. So I've been my own customer so I can better serve you better because I've been in the same spot as you. Yeah, for those of you who are just joining, um, so these clips that I'm playing, they are from the Social Proof podcast. And the main hosts are David Shands and Donnie Wiggins. But the speaker from this particular clip that I just uh, played, his name is Brian Waldron. He goes by Billionaire B. But I got this from the podcast, Social Proof Podcast. And the episode is called Why Care About the Difference Between Sales and Marketing. So like Brian said, this part is about understanding your customer understanding your client and how they decide to buy and how they decide how they're going to spend their money. If you were going through the experience of paying for the service you offered, how would you want that to go? What kinds of things would you be looking for? What kinds of questions would you answer? Um, what kind of questions would you ask? Excuse me. If the person you're talking to is stuttering too much or has to think too long about the prices, does that make you feel comfortable shopping with them? Or does it feel shady? Like we said before, or if they're talking around what you actually ask them for me personally, if they're not listening to me and they're talking around what I ask, it makes me feel like they're shady. But, um, when you think of sales and marketing in this way, you are scouting for objections, which is something they mention in this episode later in the episode. I think I do have the clip to play later, but think of everything that might stop this sale and you come up with a solution for it before you even talk to your prospects. So now when someone comes to you to ask, what are your prices for this service? You come off confident because you're not stuttering over your prices. You know, you're not taking too long. You sound like an authority, somebody who can be trusted. Uh, billionaire B talked about knowing what kinds of things people would need for his event space and had answers lined up because he played through the scenarios in his head. Some of this will come with experience as well, but think like your customer, think for them in a way. So when they get to you, you already got it together because you've planned through these experiences. So when it comes to, I want to use myself as the example, again, being my first customer, and I really wasn't able to understand this until I kind of did a little bit of market research and stopped being afraid of going to different studios, honestly, because when you're visiting different studios as an audio engineer and as an artist, it lets me see like the home studio, the studio that I've chosen as my home studio where I'm working out of the most, that studio, how can we improve on it when it comes to the looks? How does our vibe compare to the vibe of other studios that I've been visiting? How does the sound compare to the sound of other people we've been visiting? When it came to, cause I have booked studio spaces for my clients and like I'll act as a representative, right? I have had to book sessions. When I'm calling these studios, 
How long does it take them to answer the phone? How pleasant are they when they're on the phone? When I'm asking them questions, do they have the answers or do they have to tell me that, oh, I need to come back because I'm not sure about this. So what is the representation looking like? Do they sound confident? Are the prices cool? If I'm disagreeing with them a little bit, how are they handling me when I'm expressing my concerns for the price or the space or the equipment that they have? So when you are your own first customer, what you're doing is just imagining, okay, if somebody wanted to come and work with me, how would how would I want them to feel during this interaction? I obviously want them to have a positive interaction, but in order for them to have a positive interaction, what would convince me to buy something from this company? And if it's first impression, how they talk to you, how they answer the phone, personally for me, if they answer the phone, it's like, hello, what's up? If they're using like too much slang, that turns me off. If they are... I don't want to sound like bad or nothing, but sometimes black people got a certain way of speaking. That's like a little ghetto, honestly, and just not professional. They be smacking and be like, uh, or they say bro too much. That turns me off. If they answer the phone and it's not like, hey, thank you for calling so-and-so studios. This is such and such. How may I help you? How am I supposed to know who I'm talking to? That can be frustrating as a customer. So when I am thinking about how I'm going to interact with the people that I want to spend money with me, I first ask myself, how would I want to be treated before I've even walked through the door to spend money with these people? Or to before somebody's spending money with me, like y'all know what I'm saying, right? Before I walk through the door, how am I being treated? And if I'm not being treated nicely, then I don't wanna spend my money with this company. So when you are thinking about your experience with people, before you even get to the part where they pay you for anything, make sure that you are creating like an intake system for how you're talking to people and you have the knowledge lined up in your mind. And I actually want to play a clip for y'all where Donnie and Billionaire B, they're talking about doing market research and even going so far as to do mystery shopping when it comes to improving the customer experience. So let me find that and play that for y'all real quick. The number one thing you can do in your business is write down a list of every single problem that your potential customer would have, right? Yes. If you're in, let's take for that same example, and, and, and I'm taking something that's completely unremoved from me. I'm clearly not a mom. I clearly don't have a kid, right? Mm. Say, for example, we're taking pregnant moms. <laughs> you don't have no kids? Nah. It's not clear. You uh, look true, like you got true, a couple, true, right? You look like a dad. You, you, yeah. I look like, I, respectfully, you feel me? So, I mean, say for example, right? I would write down every Can't. single, I would write down every single problem, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have time. They don't have money. They don't have the freedom. They're, they got their in-laws badgering them or whatever the case may be, right? Write down every single problem, your potential customer. And it also helps if you are your own potential customer. Right. Some of y'all are moms. Some of mm -hmm. y'all got kids. Mm -hmm. What are the problems that you've had faced? And that's how you can make your product better. The point of the exercise is to get into the mind of your potential prospect and list out all the potential problems, all the potential objections. And like I said, it's a lot easier when you're your own customer. Right. And then step number two is to ease for every single product problem that you write. Right. What's the benefit? of your product that addresses this problem. And if you don't have it, that's something to think about. Does my crib, is it affordable? Is it safe? Can it be converted to a to mm -hmm. a toddler room? Is it? Does it come in different colors? Does it? Can it grow with my kid or yeah. whatever the case may be? Is it gonna have something that's gonna kind of entertain them while they're in the baby crib or something like that? Can they flip out of mm -hmm. it, right? Are they, are, does it come with like maybe an in-house baby monitor or something like right. that, right? And you wanna start seeing, does my product address, does, the, my, does my product Y address all the problems X? And if it does not, 
you might have some more work to do. Mm. Alrighty. So again, they just reiterated what we just said, right? When it comes to being your own first customer, you have to take yourself through a kind of role playing to understand what possible objections would a potential client have before they even spend any money with me. Allen302302 said, it should sound like a business and not like you calling the plug. Yes. So what, <laughs> what we were talking about before we got into this clip, right, is that interaction. How do you want the interaction between your business and your client or your prospective clients? How do you want that interaction to go? Be your own first customer. There are really some people out there who might not mind somebody talking to them like that, but let's be honest, what demographic of clientele are you gonna attract when you address your prospective clients that way? Let's be real. And is that the kind of business that you can rely on? Are those the kind of people that you want coming in and out of your business? Is that what you want people to see when they see your business, right? So all these things play a role, but as far as figuring out what is the experience going to be for my prospective clients before they ever even spend money with me, that's something that's very important. And making a list of all the possible objections somebody could have to your business on that first call, that'll help save you a lot of time. Like something that I gotta work on too, right? And we're gonna explore this in some future episode of Lex Chat, but my follow-up game kinda sucks. And I thought I did okay after the DJ Power Summit that came in Atlanta and I got a lot of different contacts, but I still have yet to work with anybody that I found from that particular summit. Part of the reason is because they may not be, like they're DJs and artists. Well, not artists. Most of them were DJs, which is not my core audience, but that could help me as far as a recording artist and getting my music played in different, but my follow-up game sucks, right? But if I'm able to close the deal on the first interaction, I will decrease my likelihood of having to follow up. How do you create, how do you decrease your likelihood of having to follow up and check back in with people? Make sure the first interaction is as great as it can possibly be. And that first interaction is going to depend on your knowledge of your product, your knowledge of what you're offering, and your knowledge of any possible objections people could have, and being ready to answer those questions and not stumble over your words, not stumble over what the prices are, or not when somebody asks you, well, how much is this? You're always like, um, well, that depends. Like, no, there shouldn't be any depending. You should already have these answers lined up so you look professional, you look prepared, you look like somebody, and you sound like somebody that they can trust over the phone. If you have too many doubts in yourself, then they are going to doubt why they should spend money with you. So now I wanna play another clip, which is talking about knowing your product inside and out, but also knowing your competitor's product. And I briefly talked about this when I mentioned, like as an engineer, I had to get over not going to different studios. It's good to see different spaces because I need to know how other places are doing and then do I want to provide this experience for my clients? If I go into a competitor's space and I feel like they're doing something better than what my current space is doing, then I need to figure out what is that competitor doing and then how can I bring my space up to standard? So let's get into knowing your product inside and out as well as your competitor's product. Know your product 
in and out mm. and know your competitors' products. Mm. Know your product in and out. Mm. And, and know, know your, your competitors', competitors products. products. Yeah, because people are always going to compare your offer to something else, and you have to know how to shut that down right away. Yep. Yeah, you know, one of the one of the statements that I hear all the time is, "I'm not worried about what my competitors are doing. That don't matter." Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. Even if it's just to understand your point of difference, mm-hmm. right? You have to know your product in and out. It is a huge pet peeve when I am on a call or in a store and I am asking about the features of a product or the benefits of the service. Or do you think this is a good fit and you can't answer me? It's like, I'm not really sure, but I could get somebody to help you. Why are you selling to me then if you're not sure about the product that you're talking to me about? Don't talk to me half knowledge about a product. And then at the knowledge, don't don't do it. Don't talk to me half knowledge about a product. And if I say to you. If I am buying these jeans from you and there's a store right next door that also sells jeans and I'm like, mm, I was looking at the jeans that they have right in the window. How are yours different? Do you think yours hold up? Bad? And you don't know about the person right next door. I don't want to buy from you now because now I have to do the work of going to now you're sending me to them. Right. You're sending me to this person. And what's going to happen is your offer may be better, but because they know more about you than you knew about them, they're going to be able to explain to me their point of difference. And I'm buying because they seem more knowledgeable. Mm. Mm. So now I am buying from them because they seem more knowledgeable. And that is just reaffirming everything we just talked about. Right. So why is this particular portion important to sales and marketing? because you have to be aware of your competition. A lot of times, if you're not aware of your competition, then you're not aware of whether or not you are meeting standards. So even in the music world, right? There's so much that I need to be better on. There was actually a time where I was one of those people that said like, oh, I'm still kind of one of those people or I'm very much stuck in my own world. And I think it's okay to like, not be worried about what the competitors are doing. But even if I feel like I'm not on a certain level that I want to be on, you have to at least envision that you are competing on a level that you see yourself on. And if you were on that level, who would be your competitors? So music wise for me, right? That might be an Ice Spice, a Chloe Bailey, that might be, um, gosh, who, I don't know, Victoria Monet. That might be, I'm at a loss, y'all. That'll help me out. All I can think of is Chloe Bailey right now. But that would be my competition, right? Even though I'm not on like that signed level, but if I envision myself being on that level, then the least I could do by studying this people is seeing, okay, How consistent are they? What kind of songs are they putting out? What kind of visuals are they putting out? How are they doing their rollouts? Can I honestly mimic what they're doing? And how could I apply that? But being a little more creative with the budget on my end, right? So you cannot discount the competition because a lot of times the competition will make you see whether or not you are even going to be able to compete. So this is another important, right? Another important point, (sighs) determining whether or not you can even compete. Some of y'all don't want to acknowledge your competition. And this goes for me as well. Some of us don't want to acknowledge our competition because we don't want to acknowledge where we are falling short. And this is something that we all need to work on, especially 
myself included. This is something we all need to work on. We don't want to acknowledge the competition because then we would have to acknowledge where we are falling short. And part of this series is me calling myself out and y'all call me out too, but I'm doing self-reflection for myself, but also do reflection for yourself as well. For me, right? I can't, I'm not necessarily able to control the budget factor right now. Like I can't take as huge of risks as some other bigger names than me, right? But what I can control is I am my own engineer, so I can work on my sound. I'm my own songwriter, I can work on my lyrics. The sound quality that I am producing, is it on par with what is in the industry? The lyrical context of what I am saying, uh, you know what, there's not even a competition right there because except for maybe Chloe Bailey. I don't like the substance of a lot of stuff that's out right now, but like I said, that's another conversation for another day. My content is good. Does the style and the flow match what is currently popular in music these days? Not necessarily, but I don't think that matters if you are a genuinely good and talented person. Although Chloe Bailey is very good and talented. Um, and she, I don't know. I feel like she's not popping as great as we want her to, but anyway, the, um, so I would look at someone though, as like Chloe Bailey as competition. I would look at someone like Doja Cat as competition. Now you can scale your competitors. Like let's say I want to compare myself to other people based on the amount of followers that I have on Instagram. So I need to be looking at everybody that has between 5,000 and 10,000 followers on Instagram, because that's currently what my numbers are at. So if I look at R and B girls who currently have 5,000 to 10,000 followers, I'm going to look at what they're doing. Is there anything that they're doing that I'm not doing for myself? What are they doing? Take note. Y'all could call it stealing, whatever, but I'm going to see how I can incorporate what they're doing, what I like, what they're doing, how I can incorporate that into my page. And then I'm going to look at people who have 10 to 20,000 followers. And I'm going to say, what are they doing? What is it that I can be doing? Right? Because I'm already looking ahead and planning. Once I reach certain milestones, how am I going to get to the next milestone and maintain a higher level of what I'm already doing? So Maurice Beats says, have to be aware of your competition. I study my competition. DJ Mustard would be mine's London on the track. Mike Will made it. Exactly. Him the fella says, how can you be different if you sound the same? And that's the part that's really irritating when it comes to sales and marketing, right? Like you kind of, and I, I battle with this as well, right? Wanting to quote, sell out, unquote, wanting to sell out a little bit because you want to fit in with what's popular and you want to get a foot in, but also being different enough to where people are gravitating to you more. I've come to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter if you sound like everybody else or if you sound different. It doesn't matter if you're not able to be in the same room or mentioned in the same spaces as these people. And the way that we get mentioned in the same spaces as these people is by marketing ourselves. And when you market yourself, marketing is also repetitively putting yourself in front of people and retargeting. So if they saw you once, but they didn't interact, retarget. They're going to see you a second time. They see you a second time like, huh, I feel like I've seen this before. Maybe they did. They have, but they don't click on it. Third time. Okay. I remember this person, but they don't click fourth time. 
huh, they're starting to become familiar with you, but they don't click. Fifth time, they might be a little curious. They click on your website link finally on the ad and they say, oh, okay, that's cool. Sixth time, they click again. They don't buy anything, but they're looking a little bit deeper. Seventh time, they're looking again. They're clicking, they're looking. They notice, oh, this person does this, this, and this. They're actually really dope. So a lot of times the marketing is just putting yourself in front of people enough times until they become familiar with you and recognize you and your brand. And then the more like the more you are in front of these people, the more likely they are to buy from you because now you are recognizable. And to a degree, you're a trusted brand. It's called the rule of seven, and it has to do with, you know, recognizing people. So something that irritates me with like current trends, right? A lot of people think they like the current sound, but you don't necessarily like it. It's just the only thing that you see. That's what's being pushed to you all the time. And it's being pushed to you so much that you're starting to recognize it and believe that you like it. But it's honestly like a little bit of manipulation going on there, right? So let's um move on to the next well, actually, I think I have one more clip that's talking about that mystery shopping aspect and that comparing your product to your competitor's product. Let's hear that really quickly and we'll get into the next part of this lesson. One of the biggest things I always tell people in my program is that when I started out, the first thing I did was I called mystery shopped every other space in my area. First thing I did, because I was just like, look, first of all, I didn't have, have a mentor. Nobody was teaching it. So I'm just like, yo, I need to know what other people are doing right and other people are doing wrong so I can come into the marketplace and sell my stuff accordingly. I mystery shopped every other mm -hmm. business in a seven mile radius. How much do you charge? What do you what do you provide? How many customers? I want to know how booked you are. I'm looking at your views on Google so I can come in and be like, all right, cool. The most booked spaces in this area they're charging this, mm -hmm. they're providing that. Mm -hmm. They have this type of level of customer service. They pick up the phone, yeah. their website is optimized like this, their Instagram bio looks like that. And from that point on, we were able to scale our business simply by looking at other competitors. Even with my digital stuff now, I'm buying other people's products. Absolutely. I wanna know what your onboarding looks like. I wanna know what your customer service looks like. I wanna know how your product is laid out. I wanna know how fast it takes. I wanna know if you even communicate with me after I buy your product. Big old facts from Billionaire B, all right? And honestly, after listening to him on this Social Proof podcast episode, I need to check out more of his content. I love the things that he's saying in this episode of Social Proof. So again, this is Social Proof podcast. These clips that I'm playing, y'all, is from Social Proof podcast with David Shands and Donnie Wiggins. Maurice Beat says, you have a question? Ask away, kind sir. Please ask away. Um, so yeah, this particular episode, Social Proof podcast why care about the difference between sales and marketing? And again, just wanted to reaffirm what we were talking about. You have to care what your competitors are doing to see if you are even meeting standard. And then once you are meeting standard, being able to identify what is going to set you apart from this other business now that you are both at the same standard why should people choose your company and your business over this company and this business? So Maurice Beat says, should we have that same energy when it comes to big brands like H&M or Gucci? And when you talk about the energy, what kind of energy are you talking about? So while Maurice is asking that, oh, wait a minute, it came in quick. All right. They don't do follow-ups once they sell you the product, maybe because they are a bigger brand. I think 
that what you just said is exactly right because they are a bigger brand they have already built up their brand so they are already well known and reputable and trusted and recognized so they don't necessarily have to do things like reaching out um and if they do reach out they're not reaching out to just anybody they're reaching out to a very specific clientele and purchaser a very specific consumer i would say but because they've already done the work of building up that brand and they have associated their brand with like luxury or they've associated so you said gucci right gucci has associated themselves with luxury so now anytime anybody buys gucci they're under the impression that this is getting them closer to a luxurious lifestyle anytime somebody buys h&m they can feel like they are looking nice and presentable but they didn't have to break the bank to look clean presentable and fashionable so i think that's the difference right these bigger companies should we have that same energy when it comes to big brands and how they don't follow up on the sale i think and also you have to think of it we're not comparing the same type of industry those are products-based industries we are service-based industries and when it comes to a service-based industry our entire company and business is made up on whether or not people enjoyed the experience of working with us. So with Gucci and an H&M, that's a clothing brand. They don't have to have the best customer service and they don't have to have the best prices even. They just have to have the best clothing. They have to have the best options and the best variety, right? But when it comes to us in a service-based industry, what is our value what our value is based off of is the experience of working with us and so i think that's what we should be focusing more on in this creative industry so now let's get into the last two points before this episode becomes too long you know i think an hour and a half is just going to be the norm for this let me know if y'all mind these being an hour and a half or if i should cut these things short so next up right I talked about identifying like once you know that you are on a certain standard now how are you setting yourself apart let's listen to how we can further set ourselves apart from the competition it is so important to identify your onlys you don't want to be a company made up 100 of what everybody else does you are the only person who does this we are the only crib that has 3d exposure on camera we are the only crib that offers cameras you don't have to buy a whole other system we're the only crib that will literally sync to your apple watch so you know if your baby is moving around too much when they're with the nanny like you have to identify your onlys what is it that you do that is your only nobody else does it key for personal brands it has something to do with your personality it has something to do with your personality i know in my space right now i am the only coach that is as raw and transparent as all the other coaches out here right now nobody really does that like me i'm the only one that brings you really into my lifestyle and i coach off of experience not just framework that i learned i might not be only. the only who does that but I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the only who does, but what is your only, right? And think about that, write it down. And that is your unique proposition factor. So when somebody says, well, what do you do that's different? Oh, well, we're the only ones who do this. And if you mm. don't have one, get one. Get one, figure mm. out what that only is. Put the camera on the crib. What is your only? Cause people can't argue with that. 
Like they, they once you've done the market research and you say, hey, look, listen, I'm the only one that is this role or I'm the only one that offers this feature. Yeah. They look to the left, they look to their right, they don't see one. Yeah. Sales done. Mm. Sales done. Oof. Identifying your onlys. Those of y'all tuned in live, what do y'all think about this one? And upon first listen, off the top of your head, what do you think your onlys are? And uh, the person who was speaking there, her name is Donnie Wiggins. Again, this is from Social Proof Podcast. Her name was Donnie Wiggins. And this clip is from Why Care About the Difference Between Sales and Marketing from Social Proof Podcast, okay? So even something that she said, even if you are not the only one, you can identify one of the only ones, right? So something that I hear very often is, wow, I've never worked with a female engineer before. I've been engineering for, oh gosh, wow, this is the 10th year. This is 2023. I will have been engineering for 10 years in Atlanta on August 25th, 2023. It will be 10 years that I've been engineering. And a few months ago, I still ran into somebody who said, Wow, I've never worked with a female engineer. So when it comes to my only, I'm not the only female engineer, but I can be the only female engineer that this person has worked with. I can be the only female engineer that people have worked with, you know? And luckily, I think I have a pretty good name. I think I got a good reputation because I've worked with people and they've told me, oh, I heard about you, you come highly recommended. And I haven't even worked with them yet, but it helps my brand, right? So what is helping my brand, right? Aside from the fact that I am the only female engineer, that's a plus, right? Me being a woman has nothing to do with whether I'm good or not, but it helps me stand out because I am a female engineer, I'm actually a good engineer, And let's be honest, I'm a pretty engineer. Most female engineers in my field, they're usually lesbians. They're usually masculine looking. That's just facts. If anybody gets mad, come to Atlanta and record with a female engineer and see how many of them are lesbians or they dress like dudes. But anyway, I'm a female engineer. I'm actually good at what I do. I'm pretty, I'm nice to look at when we're in the sessions. I'm pretty easygoing. I'm usually pretty bubbly. I am about my business, but I do want to make sure that the client is enjoying their recording experience with me, right? On top of that, I'm also a singer. I'm also a rapper. I also write songs. I could produce, I'm a vocal producer, but I got hella friends who are producers. I'm the plug. I got different studios that I work out of and have connections with, and I know people. I got contacts. Listen to me popping my ish. (laughs) But anyway, so all of those things, I think what is working for me right now is the fact that I am one of the few female engineers in Atlanta by people's admission, right? By other people's testimony. I am one of the few female engineers in Atlanta that's actually good and nice to look at. So when I think about this for myself in this moment, I think what would help me is if I play up on those things that people have told me, right? I'm a woman, check. I'm really good at what I do, check. I'm also faster 
than most engineers in this city. And I know that for a fact because I've worked with other engineers and I get irritated with how slow they move and how little they listen to what it is I'm asking them to do when we're in the session. So I'm a woman, I'm good at what I do, I'm fast at what I do, and I'm nice to look at. So you know what I said earlier about me not wanting to impress people? I should at least try to look good in the session. Like I look, I usually am in gym clothes. So I think something that will help me for my personal brand, for my personal, for my experience when people come to work with me, it would help if I am dressed nicely. Not seductively, but just nice to look at on top of the nice demeanor and being a woman and being that feminine energy. I think that's going to bring me a long way when it comes to people being impressed that they're working with me and then them wanting to come back to work with me. So when you are thinking about what you're doing in your business and the experience that you're gonna provide for your clients, what is setting you apart from the others? And I think in music, something that irritates me that I hear from artists and something that irritates me that I hear from people who, oh, oh God, Woo! there's an ugly bug in my room. God, where did he come from? I'll just let him have it. Just don't fly in my face. Oh, I wanna kill him. <coughs> I wanna kill him. Cut, 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 cut. Sorry, child. Oh my God, why is it on my computer? Yeah, I'm a, oh God. Oh, this is so gross. Uh, just grab it. God, no. Did I miss? Oh, I felt the crunch. Ew, ew, ew. Ew. Okay. Oh. Okay. We're back. Oh, that was disgusting. Why do they even show up? There was like a stink bug in my room. Oh, ew, 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 ew. Intense girl moment just now. Yep, that was a brown marmorated stink bug. <sighs> An unpleasant odor they produced when they are threatened. Why do they come out? Why do stink bugs come in my house? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sure that was comedy. Come on. I want to know why it's coming in my house. Oh, I just want to know. Okay. My internet's being slow. Great. Thank you so much, Xfinity. You're so loved in the community. Let me try my um computer. <clears throat> Ew. Ew, David. Is my internet not? Okay. Stink bugs are attracted to the warmth and shelter of your home. Great. And will enter through any cracks and openings. You should seal openings with caulk to keep them out. And don't forget to check screens on windows and doors for holes as well. Light also attracts stink bugs. Great. All right. So regular stuff in the house. Wonderful. Ugh. All right. Anyway, that was a stink bug. And I've lost my train of thought 
Um, but basically that last one was identifying your onlys and how you can make those onlys work in your favor. So yeah, let's go ahead and move into this last point, which is consistency. She was in, she was in a company with this, uh, she was selling this product, right? It was like a weight loss type situation. And every single day in her stories, she posted like the same three or four posts every day. Mm-hmm. Like I can expect, I know this one, I know the next post, yeah, the next yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. And it came every single day, mm-hmm. every single day. And I had to ask her like, yo, you post the same thing every day. She's like, I make sales every day. Yeah. Cause we're, we be under the assumption that the thing that we posted today, that somebody saw it Yeah, uh, and a percentage for one, a percentage of the people that are, that, that are following you, a percentage of them actually even get shown your posts. And then it's a smaller percentage of people that actually see it. Mm-hmm. Like that was actually paying attention or mm-hmm. like saw it. Right. So I think like pushing something every day consistently like with the with the event spaces bro you push it every day all the time and that helps with the marketing right because one the people who didn't see it get to see it in another touch point the people who did see it the first time let me ask this how many people bought the morning meetup the very first time you saw it yeah how many people watch this how many people knew about it a year before you, a year or more before you actually bought it. Alrighty. So I love this as a last one because it's a reminder that we need to be consistent. Now, what this brings up for me is something that I continue to work through and something that every artist needs to be working through. And that is the fact that what is old to you will always be new to somebody else so with artists right and especially in this fast-paced world that we live in now where everything is instant gratification and people blow up on TikTok and become viral but that really only lasts for like two weeks to a month what we have to be careful of is thinking that you know we've already done it so we don't need to do it anymore and forgetting that we're still not on a certain level. So even if, even if I have posted smoke and mirrors like the previous two or three Lex chat episodes, right? There's always gonna be somebody who has not heard smoke and mirrors. So while I may be tired of hearing about it, somebody out there has not heard it once yet. So I need to remain consistent with it. And artists for us, we need to be consistent with the way that we are rolling out our projects and then how we are advertising our projects. So I mentioned the fast paced aspect of the time we're living in right now, because a lot of people have been duped and bamboozled into thinking that as soon as you release something, it's pretty much old and you have to keep dropping, keep dropping, keep dropping. But what point is it in continuing to drop stuff all the time when you're only getting like 10 views per thing, right? And this is, be offended if you want to, but you only ever hit 10 views. What if you were able to get 100 views on one video instead of 10 views on 10 different videos? 
now you have a lot more traffic on that one video, right? So what I'm getting at here is in this day and age, we don't give our music enough time to breathe and grow on people because we give up on it before it's had a chance to be introduced to a good amount of people. So something for me, right? Um, what I like that they pointed out in this particular episode of Social Proof Podcast is the difference between sales and marketing because I didn't even go into it. Sales is like the transaction, right? Um, it's making the money. Marketing is spending the money. So marketing, <clears throat> the activity or business of promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising, the act or process of making a brand more known to the public. So marketing is awareness. Selling to give or hand over something in exchange for money. This is where a transaction is being made. There's also the psychology of sales that applies to every opportunity to make this exchange. Selling equals transaction. So marketing, you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money getting more awareness for your brand and your existence. So if you only, I mentioned earlier that it's there's like a rule of seven. You have to be introduced and basically in somebody's face seven times before they start to recognize you, trust you as a brand that they might consider buying from. And before they even buy from you, they have to be introduced to you five to seven times. The rule is seven, but you know, after like the fourth or fifth time is when they start to recognize you when they see you. And then you might get them on the seventh, eighth or ninth interaction or uh, yeah, awareness of your post. So you keep that in mind, us as artists, we have to make sure that just because it's old to us that we're not allowing it to, to be unknown to the masses just because it's old to us. So you're always gonna spend time bringing awareness to your product. And our product as recording artists is our music. So for me, <clears throat> how I, how do I market my music? I will put it on Spotify. Um, well, distribution, Spotify, Apple music, YouTube, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, um, all of those different platforms, right? <clears throat> It'll be distributed to all those different platforms. That's important because it's accessible. Accessibility makes it easier for people to even be able to see what it is I'm trying to show them. If I cannot show them in a way that they are familiar with, I'm leveraging basically the recognition and familiarity of these other brands, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon. I'm leveraging the people that, the fact that people trust these brands and I am not partnership necessarily, but I'm using those brands to put my music on. People think you're more official when you get onto these platforms. So I'm using that, I'm more accessible to people and I seem more professional because I'm on these platforms. And then when it comes to my YouTube channel, YouTube, which is Google owned, you know, people trust that people are always on YouTube. It's a kind of an authority. I do my advertises, my advertising for LexChat. I advertise it and get it in front of more eyes. And hopefully that kicks back and gives me more, um, that gives me more traffic and turns into more dollars, more advertising dollars, more marketing dollars, um, more sponsored dollars for my podcast, right? So 
consistency, right? It's not enough. Well, if you are going to post one thing, make sure that you are either going to post something consistently. So with Lex Chats, this is once a week. With my music, once a month. If you're not going to post consistently, make sure you are marketing consistently. So for me, I always run a one week ad on the Lex Chat for $10. And I just try to see how much that's going to get me but that's like 30 to 50 bucks per month, right? When it comes to um, my services as an audio engineer, vocal coach, singer, songwriter, rapper, featured artist, whatever, I'm actually trying Facebook ads. I put out a Facebook ad today, so I am excited about that. We'll see how that goes. And then when it comes to my music, putting it up on Instagram, putting it up on YouTube, And the marketing for that is going to these different shows and putting my face out there, my face card, my personal brand. And all of those things are playing a role into, you know, the sales and marketing of everything it is that I do. So now we've gotten through all of those things. Make sure that y'all think about everything that was mentioned in this episode. It was quite a lot of information. The power of a personal brand, the ability to listen, being your first customer, knowing your product inside and out, knowing your competitors' products inside and out, conducting market research, being a mystery shopper, identifying your onlys, what is setting you apart from the competition, planning the objections, um, and this is going to help you with keeping your your client and customer experience an enjoyable one? And then how do we remain consistent? These are some of the things that we need to think about when it comes to how we are interacting with sales and marketing in regards to our own business. And it's important to help bring in more money and more awareness to our brand. So I really hope that this episode helped you. And I hope that you think about some of the things that were mentioned in this episode and write out Write out those lists of objections. Write out why your product is so good. Write out how you are standing apart from the competition. And then get a marketing and advertising plan behind it, which we can talk about on the next episode of Lex Chat. But y'all let me know if you are listening to this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are aired. Leave a five out of five star rating, leave a review. Let me know what you thought about this episode and what you wanna hear about next time. If you're on YouTube, then leave comments in the comment section down below and join the conversation. Um, Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, if you wanna be notified each and every time I post a new piece of content, if you would like to go the extra mile in supporting me for creating this content and bringing this kind of information to you, then consider becoming a patron of mine, patreon.com slash LexiATL, patreon.com slash L-E-X-C-A-T-L. And for as little as $5 a month, you'll gain early access to content as well as be automatically entered into giveaways that I sponsor. And uh, yeah, that's patreon.com slash LexiATL. Uh, I want to do some last mentions of our sponsors. We have Glory Apparel, God's Love Over Rebellious Youth Store, or find them on Instagram at Glory Apparel One. Click on the link in their bio and buy from the Loved Ones Collection. Part of the proceeds go to sponsoring therapy sessions to help the mental and emotional health of those in need. Last mention of the announcements if you're listening to this live, 
We have the Pan Yarders Mass Band launch this upcoming Sunday, February 19th at Caribbean Connection Cultural Center at 2620 Park Central Boulevard in Decatur, Georgia. If you're listening to the replay, the event has already happened. It went great. Thanks so much for your concern. And then there's the 90s sitcom prom that is happening on Saturday, February 25th, the first annual 90s sitcom prom. Dress in your best 90s outfit and we're going to party like it's 1999. Myself, Lexi, I'll be performing with other artists as well. But our performances start at 8 p.m. at Atlanta Utility Works at 2903 RN Martin Street in East Point, Georgia. Okay. When you click on the ticket link that has Lexi next to it in parentheses, that money is coming directly to me, so please keep that in mind. That's Saturday, February 25th. And then the Black Only Soul Awards. I've been nominated for Best Engineer of the Year, along with Lex the Engineer, Low Key, Juice God, um, Flyboy Breeze, Nelson Cruz, OG Fat, OG Frat, Bana, He the Artist, and YZDB. Congratulations to all the nominees. Um, to vote for me, right? The event is actually going to be March 4th, Saturday, March 4th in Atlanta, Georgia at VS1 ATL Studio at 535 Millam Avenue. You can get your tickets at bosoulawards.com. To vote for me, go to bosoulawards.com. You're going to see the word vote, scroll down who you're voting for, put Lexi, what category, best engineer, fill in your email, answer whether or not you are following NTI TV network or Awards on instagram.com. And that is how you vote. You can vote as many times as you want, as many times as you can in a day. Please do it for me. And uh, yeah, join me for that March 4th. And then Next Sound Studio, I'm kicking off season five of Next Sound Studio Live, which is a music show based out of the Bronx, New York. That is going to be on Thursday, March 23rd, going live on YouTube, right? Or premiering on YouTube, March 23rd at 9 p.m., okay? Join me. I will be watching the premiere and I'll be in the chat, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then lastly, thank you to everyone who participated in the Smoke and Mirrors giveaway. Smoke and Mirrors, my first gospel song produced by Maurice Beats. Shout out to Maurice. And congratulations to all the winners. Detroit Dope, Child MC, lit underscore train 25 at mr flat show 74 and our final draw ray ray c glass i'm so happy to be able to give something back to y'all y'all are the ones who tune in to lex chat and my instagram page and y'all interact with my content and i'm just very grateful for that so i'm happy to be able to give something back to y'all okay be on the lookout for more giveaways by paying attention to my social media at lexi atl at l-e-x-c-a-t-l but thank you to everyone who tuned in live and thank you to everyone who listens to lex chat on anywhere that podcasts are aired and as well as youtube and uh yeah my name is lexi thank you so much for tuning in to lex chat this week but until next time peace looking to you